What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hollywood Already Did It, your weekly movie podcast for movies that have been rebooted, remade, sequelized, adapted, or otherwise not very new. As always, I'm your host, Blake Schultz, and with me is Terrence Tatum. Hello, everyone. And we're talking about the sequel to The Shining and the adaptation of the same book, Doctor Sleep, a movie Stephen King will not stop talking about on Twitter, because <laughs> apparently his life now is to critique his own movies as if he did not write the novels and about them. A loud chill as if he had, like, I had no, this was so creative, I had no idea how they came up with this concept. You wrote it. You wrote all of these. No, I think he's forgotten that he did, and now he's seen these movies for the first time. <laughs> That's uh, what the drugs do. Eventually, you just relive your life. Yeah. But unlike Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Stanley Kubrick. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that sounded wrong for it some did, reason. I could see how it could feel wrong, but no, it's, uh, it's Kubrick. Kubrick's The Shining. Stephen King liked this version. Yeah. A direct sequel to the movie while also adapting the book. Parts of the book. This is like a hybrid of what people, except for Stephen King, liked about the first film and then what they liked about the book. And even some a couple of hints from the TV series and kind of all amalgamated together to make this one really solid uh, sequel. So you enjoyed it? I did. I liked it a lot. Um, I didn't really know what I was getting into when I, when I went in because... We'll talk about the promos later, but like I, the trailer really didn't give anything, and I didn't read the book for Doctor Sleep. I read the the Shining, but I never read the Doctor Sleep book, so I had nothing to go into. But I'm a huge fan of Will McGregor and Rebecca Ferguson can do no wrong, so I was in. Uh, and I'm I love the movie, like I like I love two thirds of the movie. The third act of the movie I still really like, but it gets kind of fan servicey a little bit, but it doesn't. It doesn't take away from me still enjoying the film. Just like, okay, guys, some of this, some of this makes me smile. Some of this is like, all right, stop. You're doing this a little too much of this. Um, but because of the way that the story is structured and the way that they, those two films work together, I get it. Because it's sort of like you're coming back to the place that started it all. I, 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 I like that. But I like the performances. I like. It's a weird thing. Is I like that the trailers didn't show too much, but I really wish it had shown me a little bit more because. The little black girl is probably is the linchpin of this entire movie, and you get none of her really in the in the in the, the first couple of trailers. The last trailer does a little bit better of a job, but not really. By that point, you've already shown me what I need to see to get into this. Um, but I like because it, it feels almost like it's a horror movie. It's still a thriller, but there are some for us as, as nerd and geeks. There's some. Super, it feels like a superhero in some aspects of the way. Like you're building a team of X Men or the Brotherhood, if you will, and all of that is fascinating to me. That's the biggest, I think, departure from The Shining itself, and it's why, as a kid, I remember very much feeling that The Shining didn't need a sequel. And when I heard mm. about Doctor Sleep for the first time, I remember thinking. Why? Why would you do this? Like this. Don't need to go this back was here. a contained story that doesn't need any expanding. Yeah. And it is funny how quickly almost anything that has a type of ability, once it expands, becomes, becomes this X Men kind does. of movie. Yeah. Which I kind of dig. Uh, I also kind of wanted to know a little bit about it. I think my biggest thing with the movie, which I really liked, was. It's so slow in the beginning, mm -hmm. almost to a fault. It never really bothered me because we kept building interesting beats, but we also kind of kept repeating the same beats. Yeah. 
and there wasn't a lot of payoff to that. We spent a lot of time going, well, sometimes they consume the children and sometimes they collect the children. Right. And, you know, we're aware of this other super powerful one and she's like a beacon, but we never really figured out why the, we keep certain ones, yeah, why we eat d- other ones. Correct. Also, if this team, if they all need to eat so badly, a small part of me just wondered why, don't they just why haven't they started killing each right, other? Why don't they off one of each other? Like, well, look, who's the who's the oldest one? Who's been here the longest? Cool, get rid of him. Yeah, like when this. that cat dies, and they all kind of jump, which is a great sequence when they and they all sort of jump in to like inhale his essence. I was like, oh, well, then why wasn't that just the thing you did in the first place? <laughs> um, but you're right. I they do a process of showing you basically how they track one. Of a, of a power, observe it, and then decide to bring it on, and then they show one where they 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 take it in and kill it. And I'm just like, okay, cool. And I don't mind seeing that process if at the end of this movie I have a clear cut reason why you chose one and why you didn't chose chose the other. And they they don't. They kind of then like, cool. You understand how this team works. That's who they are as a people. Now let's in, let's merge these worlds together and that's sort of what they do yeah and then we very quickly go get the MacGuffin of the little girl right. and we're intercepted by Ewan McGregor right. and I really liked his kind of path and for such a slow paced movie we really sped through his life yes like we, we all of a sudden had him sleeping with this woman with this child and it was unclear did he murder this guy in a bar is he on the run? Yeah. Is this woman important to him? Or was it a one-night stand? So a Is one this stand? kid Is this... important right. to him? And then we're just off, off to, to AA and to become away. an orderly. Right. In this weird town where apparently everyone can't go further north than that town so it's where people come to run away this is the right it's like right is this a safe haven like this town like mexico is there different laws there where they're like police don't come here like why does everyone run away to here (laughs) (laughs) that was when he said it i was i thought that we were going to get another overlook mansion type setting that also was feasting on this steam and this power because yeah he explains it in a very like Stephen King Dark Tower way of, well, here's this other weird nexus where right. no one can really explain the town of Derry and this other little city. They, they do make it seem like it's going to have a supernatural element to it or like some there's a reason why people keep are, are beckoned to this. And then, no, it's just that's this is where people come. This is when we're driving off the highway. It's the first thing you see. Like, cool, this is where we're going to stop then. <laughs> Which is funny because some of the world building was very effective. Him yeah. talking about who has shine and doesn't have shine and well, you know, some people, they just do well in a math test. They have good intuitions about I people. I like that, yeah. I thought that was a very clever way of, I don't know, doing The Last Jedi without, without irritating doing, your fan base. Some people, like some people. Everyone just, has the power. The husband just sometimes knows when to bring flowers. Almost like, oh, oh yeah, that makes sense. I can, I can buy that. Yeah, and it was, you know, we do that stuff with the cat over and over again that yeah. it can kind of sense something. So we keep building these really like spooky and interesting bases to ultimately kind of rush to the finish line. Yeah. And then, I mean, I, like I said, I have not read the book, but I don't, I feel like th- obviously that's what the title of the book is from, from Dr. Sleep. He goes in for those when the cat goes, he puts him to sleep, but because of the film and because I imagine Stephen King's books are thousands of pages long, we just don't have time to deal with that. But that just gets, that thread just gets, tossed away in the film yeah we kind of switched from this long drama to this action Action, horror yeah which is a lot of fun but i almost wanted to see more of the mystery and the cat and mouse game like we 
in one scene pretty much wipe out every antagonist except two of them and then like two scenes later wipe out They're the gone. other one right uh which was kind of a bummer because you finally start seeing you and mcgregor really use the shine mm-hmm. in that moment to like project himself into the little girl yeah. and have these moments and while the let's go hunting sequence was awesome was to watch it would have been kind of cool to see this range of powers and what it can do because we really only saw people who can be psychic and can go into your mind and people who can project and this girl who can can just tell tell people what what to to do. do. What made these other guys unique? Why are they on the team? Right. Um, Because she says it to the blonde girl in the beginning that he's, we haven't had one like you in a while. So instead of killing you, we're going to make you a pitch. Right. I also did love her thread of, ruining these men in movie theaters and doing these snake While being bites. a 15 year old girl i was like, oh no it, it, it's weird because you're, you're getting this weird this weird thing you're like oh, i kind of get why she's a bad girl because these gross men keep hitting on this 15 year old girl so that's i get it <laughs> i'm not oh it was a great yeah like vigilante superhero right. <laughs> moment to have in your movie yeah. and it made her a pretty like scary force to see but i think you it would have been cool to see Rose the Hat second in command. What what makes him to like? Why is he important? Like otherwise, it just seems like oh, he just has an ability, but like the shine ability. But like, tell me more, because otherwise, he just seems like he might just be halfway smarter than some other people, and that's right. basically it. Are any of these people unique in right. other ways? Correct. Is she the only one that can tell people what to do? Because right. that seems like a shortcut to win a lot of these problems. And yeah. It's also interesting that like they didn't find Ewan McGregor if he was just like keeping the shine locked down. It's also interesting that they couldn't detect something like the Overlook Mansion and well, I think the way that they Overlook Mansion, the way that they set why they couldn't find that is that it seemed like the Overlook Mansion cut itself off, and that's why um, Dan had to like walk back through it to right. reach recharge it. So I've got to it turn it back, back on. on. Yeah, but even the ghosts from The Shining, like they're. That's the only place we really know about ghosts in this yeah, world. The correct. rest of the time, the shine is this very base-level superpower that mm-hmm. connects all of these psychics. So are the ghosts a part of that, too? Yeah, is that Does that just feed into, the, like, you know, there's something after this, yeah, and something after if you have the shine, you stick around after. I think it's the stick around, because we, we have this movie where Carl... the who was played by Scatman in the original played by uh, another actor in this one. He, he is still being seen by, by Danny uh, currently. And he's clearly from the shining, but then not to go into spoilers, we do see that people after the whole place is kind of taken care of that. Yes, you can still look. So I, I think, the shine sort of works sometimes like the Jedi powers where he's like, oh, some some people come back, some people don't. Here, here's a narrative device. <laughs> right. Because, <laughs> yeah, he, he says he's got one more, like, conversation right. left. So is, is there a health Help, bar right, that like, they're aware have, of? I can only do this three times and then I'm out. <laughs> but it was really nice. I don't know where you and McGregor's gone since Revenge of the Sith. But I'm just so glad yeah. that he's back. He's done some independent stuff. I mean, he he he's still when he pops around. I am very I am very pleased by him. Uh, um, one of my favorite movies, one my favorite movie ever is Mulan Rouge, and I so I can watch that all the right. time. Um, but yes, Owen Owen's the kind of guy who can do a little bit of everything. Uh, uh, acting wise, comedy, drama, like he's a, a, a jack of all trades. But 
it's good to see him in a major release. I mean, we're going to have him in a major release next year because of Birds of Prey. Oh, he was in like, Christopher Robin also, yeah. but that didn't make any money. No. <laughs> so it, and he's been kicking around in Fargo. That's kind yeah. of where he's been. Yeah. But it really, I guess because I don't watch Fargo, feels like he vanished for After, yeah. a long yeah. time. Um, but I was like, yeah, now we're going to have him in this. We're going to have him in Birds of, of Prey. Prey. Yeah. He's going to come back as Obi-Wan Kenobi for a show. Like, yeah. We're, we're, we're in it again. Yeah. I'm so happy. Oh, he's so great. There was so a sequel that I think he was into. Yeah, yeah he was in he's, 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 around, he's around. It's just most of the stuff he does is those quirky indie films. Um, that's kind of his bread and butter. Um, but he's clearly capable of doing. He he and Sam Rockwell remind me a lot of like their their career trajectory is not that far off from each other. Like, oh yeah, we know of you. You're super talented, but you usually do these indie darling films that. Don't well, get I you mean, you're gonna make Star Wars money for the rest right, of your life. Set. You're yeah. good. <laughs> now he's gonna go make DC money right. and more Star Wars money. He can do whatever can, he wants. I can do all this other stuff anytime Just I want. Hang out on Fargo for as long as you need to. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, I thought the the little girl was just incredible. Yeah, add Abra, her to the list Abra of was child really good. actors. I said Kylie, she was great. She did so much. Uh, as far there's a lot because you've got to be scared, brave, powerful, and then to do so well when she's like the scene of when she's possessed. She's fantastic in that. And that's in that sequence. Well, and they kept kind of playing her off like she's only good right now. Right. Like there was no. Hugh McGregor never tells her, like, be a good person. Right. So she has these moments when they're dying where it is like, good, you deserve this. Yeah, where it's like... You, you should suffer. Th- th- if we were in Star Wars land, they'd be like, I don't trust her. Yeah, She's it's like, getting the dark side. <laughs> There's some dark we can't side. do that. <laughs> There's some dark side I, stuff in this girl. I almost was waiting for that switch right. of, like, her to be like, I gotta go find and do all these horrible things. Yeah. And that be the big, like, oh, no. But... I, yeah, it's a really good movie. It's I, just yeah, so painfully slow and then really fast in the back half. Yeah, it feels disjointed. Like, there's two different styles of film. And some of that's just the way that, like, I feel like he's doing a service to so many things, the book and the previous film, that he's kind of at the mercy of, like, the speed just kind of goes with whatever he has. And it's still a two-hour, 30-minute 30, 30 flick. So you, it doesn't feel like it's that long, but it does feel like, it's not consistently speed wise. Um, I didn't bother. It didn't bother me because I think the performances are great. Rebecca Ferguson. I can watch her do literally anything. Yeah. Um, the, her character, just the way that she would deliver lines, it felt like she was just having a. She felt like she was having a ball, letting all of those words roll off of her tongue. The way she was saying things, calling when she would say "Hi, handsome" to him, and just the way how she seemed so. Overly confident. They overly made confident, all of those yes. characters very arrogant and, and ravenously like I need this. Like I have like just it seemed like she was almost like a primal instinct to like I need to have this. And she carried that off perfectly. Um so I think all of the actors uh did great. I just don't know why Bruce Greenwood was even in this movie for like the five seconds he was. I was like, how did you get here for all right, you're going to be hired to the orderly, and then we never see you again. Right. Uh, if he's, too, I, I feel like he's too. Bi- he's a character actor, but he's too big of. A, he's too recognizable of a face. Kind of like, cool. That's it, Bruce. Uh, he might just be a fan. He might, might be. Yeah, might be. You never know. Some of these Daniel Craig's in that's Star true. Wars, like that's true. Every now and then, you get people who just are super into whatever they're doing. Can I just and- be on set today. I'm just going to be here. I'm. Just, you want to be on? You want to shoot this thing? Yeah. All right. Cool. Man. <laughs> Great. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I noticed that too, and. It's funny because the the things that I think are really interesting, I would have had more of, and I feel like you could have cut back on like his time in the orderly and yeah. even a little bit of AA and I, shown me more of these villains because they 
mention these weird moments of, well, you saw empires rise and fall and... How yeah. long have they been doing I'm this? I'm definitely torn because one of my favorite sequences in this is when Rose the Hat searching for Abra and doing the whole, like, going through the night. I think it's beautiful to watch. But I also, I I get why you want to, because this is a, a Danny Torrance kind of reconciling with his father and the demons of his father's story. So I get why you have to have the meetings to AA because right now he's an alcohol, he's he's a recovering alcohol, like his dad was an alcoholic. So yeah. So kind of that's why that's there but it is like i want to know more about this stuff because this stuff is cooler to me in this moment than the stuff and the payoff for that is good when he's at the overlook and we see correct jack torrance right uh proving you can just cast anybody younger people yeah just we don't need to de-age and yet the lady that is playing his mother looks just like Shelly DeBall. There's a moment when she's running after him and saying his name. I was like, oh my God, Shelly's back. Like The kid they yeah. got. I even thought whoever they got for Nicholson was. When they did the side, like the half, the side thrust, like, did they, I thought they did CGI Jack. And then when he was moving, was, oh no, they actually had an actor. Well, you can do this this oh, way great. then. Great, we don't need to do any of this Irishman nonsense. <laughs> right. But I, I thought that was great and kind of refreshing because I, I'm getting a little tired of, of de-aging everything. Digitally changing and everyone. And the whole James Dean thing. I was like, no, guys, just actors are here that look that can pass no, forward no, someone No, no, James else. Dean's the only one who can do this. <laughs> I don't know why yeah. or what that means, but it seems <laughs> but it strange. Seems that, that, yeah. Is it a James Dean biopic? Because then I'll buy it. Correct. But no, let's not. Yeah, it was so much, in fact, because I... And I, I kind of want to go back to watch it just for that. Like, the scene that they show recreating that uh, in the Overlook, recreating breaking the window after the Red Room. I mean, breaking the door off the Red Room when she's, the mom is screaming with the knife. Was that a shot of the original or did they have the actress recreate that sequence? Because I couldn't, it was so quick and I couldn't tell. And I was like, this actress looks a lot like Shelly. They could have gotten away with just putting in the old scene. Yeah. And I wouldn't have. It, because she looks so much like her, I wouldn't even thought about it. I was like, oh, did they just do this over again? It doesn't matter. It doesn't mess up or change anything. But I was like, oh, are they cutting in actual scenes from that and then splicing it with new stuff? Uh, if they did, kudos, because it's creatively done. And you don't you don't really well, even just check in or check out of it. The recreation of the Overlook when you get there was so incredibly well built. detailed, too. Like, there's some stuff, like, even in the fabric of, like, stuff... Uh, on the on the carpet that is because I just watched the shining right before I went in. I was like, oh god, he went dead in. Like this is going to be a shot for shot. Like we're recreating this, just looking a little bit aged. And I rightfully expected. I was like, he's still going to be outside frozen because that would be kind of cool. But yeah. <laughs> that would be <laughs> terrifying and weird. He, in theory, I think would be decaying. I don't know how be, long yeah. that well human like, skin and muscle stay hold, frozen. I guess if you're freezing it, it might can last a little longer, but that would just be weird. Yeah. But I, I, I enjoyed that. The Overlook stuff is where it got a little... Okay, I liked going through the hall again because you could, they start playing that sound and the, the music started ramping up and you're like, okay, this is great. It's just, I think, being it started having a being here done that feel until they do the verbalizing tit for tat on the stairs. And I was like, okay, now we're, we're in it. I wish that had gone a little longer or there was a little bit more. Or that... Abra and Rose the Hat had more of a... That's what I kind of was waiting for. I was waiting for their confrontation not in their minds. Right. 
I was waiting for even moments of like, well, you don't know where you're standing and what this mm-hmm. is. And that never seemed to really matter. It just like you got into the head right. and here's where we were. And yeah, but I liked all of that. The only thing I really didn't care for was the first time you see all of the shining monsters out of the boxes and they're all just standing over him. Was it too CG? Wait, it was too CGI heavy. It felt very tonally different. I never guess I thought of the overlook as everyone like palling around all at once. It seems like, okay, now this is corny. Like, are these all ghosts just chilling around and having fun? Like they all seem like in the original, like they were separate entities. So when you have them all around and then the, I don't remember the, 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 the apparition that says it, but the one who does the drink with the blood all the way down. And when he says his line again amongst all of them, I was like, so now this feels like a Looney Tunes skit. Yeah, when she's like <laughs> running around in the circle yeah. and it's just like one after the other, it was very Scooby-Doo yeah. to me. <laughs> and I wasn't too bothered by it, but I, I did kind of feel like, you know, we, we get it. We right. saw everyone, unless you really want to give them all a scene and have her... Like and the villain go through it, off, right? Like they each have to deal with one of those apparitions on their own in their own way. And we only gave a few of those moments with Rose, like when she passes the elevator, she's the blood. She kind of just looks like, oh, that's cute. Like, yeah, I she like, doesn't care, right? <laughs> and that did make me wonder: has she dealt with things like this before? Right. It, does she just know what kind of a space she's in? Yeah. And we never really dive into that either. Does she know, like, oh, I could just? She's been around forever, right? So, yeah. So in theory, then, are there other, like, Overlook Hotel places like this that are just living off of steam? It does, because it seems like this one, like, that was a, like he said, there was a home that did that, and these are people that do that. You would think that there are other buildings or other entities that have this capability. Which I think it's a little into, like, the Stephen King multiverse of it all, which I know they had uh, an Abra's Room, like, K&A for Ka, and Ka wills it and the wheels turning and it's very important that this is here. So there's even nods to this interconnectivity. Correct. So I wonder if it isn't so much as like, well, the Overlook exists at other places than this do, or if it's like the Overlook exists and over here in Universe B, dairy is the same way. Correct. And it isn't so much that the steam is doing it. It's whatever they're... And when you kind of think about it, we don't see any deadlights or anything, but like Pennywise eats fear... These guys are eating fear. They're both like breathing Breathing it out of you. So there's like weird parallels to pick up that they obviously never get into Mm because I just think... We're probably never going to do it. I don't it. think Stephen King stuff will ever get that is rights issues. We don't too. need to. We yeah. don't need to do it. We <laughs> right. don't need to see Mortimer the Turtle yeah. and the Dark Tower. We yeah. tried to make a Dark Tower movie and it was very bad. Yeah. And then the dead kid from Pet Cemetery. We don't need all of that. We don't yeah, we to. don't. But it's it's interesting to kind of find those little mm-hmm. nooks and crannies in it's it. Cute. And there's a lot of little nods of the street when they first pull into that dairy-esque new city. It's Elm Street is this the side streets. I was like, it's cool to have those nods, but I, I don't think anything ever actually. Every matters. neighborhood has an Elm Street. They do. That means Freddie is killing so many kids. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting to kind of try to figure out all of the little pieces, Hard but it's nods, really, yeah. really well made. It's a well made film. Uh, a well made, and Stephen King seems to like it, but it's a well made film that I think does the honor of both. Uh, doing the original film a great the Kubrick version a great service as well as from what I heard the book readers seem to enjoy it as well Well, and that is probably the most unique challenge this has because we have two 
filmed interpretations of The Shining. Mm-hmm. We have the Kubrick one the, that's very good. And, the and we have the miniseries that. that's like a beat for beat the book. And that there's Stephen also Stephen King likes because it's of more literally connected. Of course he does. It's one page right. at a time. Yeah. <laughs> of course he likes it. It's yeah. just his it's, book right. on the screen. Oh my God, I didn't know they were going to do this. This is brilliant. Yeah. Um, so this is... It's a unique challenge because I think the more commercially and critically successful thing is the Shining movie. Yes. So to be like, it's a sequel to a book that maybe you didn't read, but it was a movie. It's less complicated to just kind of go the mainstream way. But they recover the adaptation of the book well enough and also bring in the elements of the Shining book that they left on the cutting room floor. We we get the boiler room. We get it burning down. We get moments of like, well, take your medicine. We mm-hmm. have more of this. And really, you know, the biggest departure from the book is that the mansion's already burned it's down. Burned the end, they yeah. still go to it in the third act. Correct. It's not as if the third act of Dr. Sleep's book is somewhere else. Right. They, it's still a return to the mansion, yeah. the manor, whatever it's, that giant oh, estate. They call it a hotel, hotel. But that's nuts. That's not a hotel. <laughs> yeah, whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. Piece of land. Yeah. Uh, to do exactly what they do in this. But instead of it being closed off and dead, which I think lends into why in the book it's shine isn't working is because it was defeated. Where right. here they just kind of play it off like, like uh, it's it been, was off. I've been having these weird boxes. <laughs> Which also I kind of wanted more of an explanation about, but you really get pretty... And the fact that... Uh, it like boxes, sneaks then, up on her in the garden. Yeah, I was like, wait, what is this? Now this is a Scooby-Doo thing. And it's up. But, I, but I get it because then they gave other people boxes. So like, and, But the boxes are different for each person. Like the little girls had filing cabinets, which was dope. Yeah. And then Rose had a huge cathedral of like... Uh, like I have cathedral of stuff you have to find through like a library. So it, it's dope. Each person has their own way of locking stuff away or putting stuff together. I didn't mind... I like that, but you're right. His, because his seemed to be more demonstrative in the way that he's a ghostbuster. Right. He's got to go yeah. track all these down. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's really just Luigi's Mansion. That is exactly who he is. He's Luigi's Mansion. Yes. Um, it sucks, though, because uh, this movie is not doing well. No, and I think the biggest problem is you released a horror movie after Halloween. Post horror. And not even just like. After Halloween, you're like ten. It, you're like yeah. a, you're two weeks after Halloween, uh, and I, I think you we coming out on Veterans Day weekend, which we spoke about before we got on mic. When Midway is dropping, and, and that's Midway is primed for that audience where seeing Doctor Sleep is not. I think there are other things. I think if it's running time doesn't bother me, but if you're trying to do a horror movie and trying to get a younger audience, and Pet Cemetery is an hour forty minutes, this movie's two hours and thirty minutes. You just you're going to lose times. You're going to not have people that interested in seeing it because it's not a draw to them. Those trailers that first came out for this were awful. If you were not a fan of The Shining, yeah, they had the Blade Runner twenty forty nine yeah. problem of it's really hard to know what that's about right. other than you and McGregor finds another girl who also has, has this power. Ability. And I don't think they did, especially now seeing the movie, I think they should have leaned more into the true not the team of people that were had these powers and them hunting the girl would have been a bigger sell for a general audience than tying it so much only to The Shining, which is an older film most people have not seen. Yeah, they tried really hard to play into nostalgia for a movie that's very, very popular amongst certain people. It's a niche flick. Um, And... 
I think also we really tried to just go Stephen King, King. because we've been getting away and with the that. Year with it and Pet Cemetery, which both of them did fairly well, respectively, to their their budgets. This one, they're like, let's do it again, and it it, it backfired. Well, um, and we have also been. I don't want to say fatigued, but we've been kind of cranking out horror movies this year too. It makes a little yes. bit of sense to get to somewhere. And one of these bigger ones just don't do well because this is things critically like critics love it. It's doing well with fans. It's just no one showed up. Um, but you're right. I think horror probably has fatigued to the point where once we get into the holidays, like all right, we're, we're going to take a pause on horror. We're ready for the yeah, other. We're going to take a pause on horror until we get back to like February-ish and then we'll we'll come back in. Well, and it's Veterans Day and it's Midway and I yeah. don't think that that's always a correlation that happens, but I but think I think it if, can. if you if you have and I it, think that age group is the same age group yep. that would have gone to Doctor Sleep. Exactly. That's the group that would have gone to see this cuz that's the group that grew up on the original film. The young audience is not seeing this film. But it is really, it's a shame. I mean, $14 million domestically off of a $45 million reported budget. Yeah, they're going to take like, a, they're right now they're scheduled to take like a $20 million loss if, that's if they hit $100 million. Well, that's a great... <laughs> if, they, right, if they don't, they're not going to do that. 30 plus is where they're, they're linking. We're like, about oh, to wow. get all the Oscar movies and then it's December. You're I not going to make $100 million. I think the studios are in this belief that because, just because it's an older property, they can just make money. So they're like, oh, Jurassic Park, we came back to it. Or, oh, Star Wars, we came back to it. It was like, but those are massive franchises those well, are huge franchises and i don't think we're done with nostalgia i don't think so either i think it's ridiculous to position that i think yeah. maybe there is a little bit i mean i've talked to not many people but i know a handful of people who are tired of the disney machine right who are just like just they like might be a minority right now but they're there right i know a lot of people who are also like it's the remakes it's the sequels mm-hmm. it's this it's that it's the other granted nine times out of ten they make the money but I will buy that maybe the 80s nostalgia is a little bit longer in the tooth. Yes. And now it is the like Lion King, the Aladdin, the, 90s, the, the Jumanji. Jumanji, Jumanji, was, Jumanji was smart too in that it almost ex- ignored the first one ever yeah. happened. It's like, we're going to do our own thing. We're using some concept. Even Jurassic it. Park was a right. big was 90s, a 90s property. Foot. Yeah. The, I think the next test of seeing how far back you can go is probably going to be Ghostbusters 2020 because that's the one that's using an 83 right year uh, 83 uh, film an 83 year old, old film, movie but using a film that was in 83 uh, and today that's going to probably be the longest one to see now what I that think does. Ghostbusters and some of these other franchises do a little bit better of sticking around. There is no they didn't just shining drop comic off the book. Mat. Right. right. They didn't like, just drop. Yes, correct. They didn't just drop off the where, map you know, like, like Ghostbusters. Things that kind of do have that resonance. Ghostbusters, Star Wars, the Marvel movies, the DC movies, even like Jurassic Park, Jurassic World. I'd even argue things like Back to the Future. Yeah. Have like this, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles have a permeated presence through that they're so many around. other mediums. Yeah. And then to kind of even look at like Terminator. Yeah. And... Doctor Sleep are two movies that don't have that. No. So really all you have behind Doctor Sleep is like Stephen King, mm-hmm. which I think um, counterpoint to what our friend Adam Schreiner, who was on our It episode years ago, was under the belief of like, well, this movie made all this money because you put Stephen King's name on it. Clearly that's not Oh, so like the saying winning. Stephen King's whatever The brand is. of Stephen King yeah. is no is longer br- going to guarantee you $60 million no, at the box no, yeah, office. No, no, no. 
I, I think who does that now, oh, well, we'll see with the next one, but I think Jordan Peele is in that category of, like, if you put Jordan Peele in it, us, it sells like that. I don't think Stephen King has that, because I don't think the young audience, people don't read anymore, so I don't think Stephen King has that. Like, Dr. Sleep, The Shining was a well-read book. Dr. Sleep was not even really that known as a book. <laughs> he is also diluting his yeah, name his a little bit yes. by always being on Twitter. Everything is amazing. And everything, everything that has my name on it, it is great. Yeah, it's... It, <laughs> You get into a weird place where I think Jordan Peele's being smart by not being attached to everything, but you Correct. do even get people like Spielberg, who suddenly it's like, well, I see that name everywhere. It's yeah. no longer a seal of same way with even even though he didn't direct them all. Same with James Cameron, like when you go or really Scott, when you go into these alien all these alien films or all these Terminator films, he's like, I championed that one. This is the best thing since the Terminator Two, and then you're like, well, that bombed. Well, this next one is the best it's thing like, since Terminator yeah, Two. You don't get to keep saying that, but right. I I don't think. This is also a weird box office because we didn't expect the Joker to still be doing to almost what it's cross doing. a billion. <laughs> right. So we are kind of back to this end game conversation where we kept being like, well, Pikachu and John Wick 3 and yeah. whatever, and Godzilla didn't really make the money we because thought it was gonna make. Because the end game is still here. Yeah. And the reality is I don't know what the weekend is. I think Joker's still in the top five. It's gotta be. Yeah. I think it's uh I believe, and I could be wrong, but I think it's Midway, Doctor Sleep, Plane with Fire, and then Joker. So it's still sucking away. It's still sucking away your R-rated horror Correct. people while Midway is taking away your just olders, and then Plane with Fire just sort it's of like exists. The family. It's like grabbing the family audience. Yeah. Um, so I don't think it's fair to be like Terminator and Doctor Sleep didn't do well, and we're done making adaptations right. of sequels. You're also getting the the audiences have now become accustomed to this being the time of the year where we start getting into Academy type of films or Oscar type of films. So now that and we're Parasite, about to Charlie's Angels is right around the corner, <laughs> but you're getting stuff like Jojo Rabbit and Parasite that are doing well in the limited amount of theaters that are in. So like people have choices, and unfortunately, Doctor Sleep just wasn't their choice no and i think when you stack up those like more artsy movies yeah those two are going to take it out we are getting like busy <laughs> an amc a-list subscription is no longer enough this month of november no because right i was like I'm, i burned up my three already now it's just... yeah it's almost one a day yeah. it's, we're at a point where even like people like us who are there twice a week aren't, aren't... going to see everything correct because there's just only so much time in the world yeah Oh, here. Uh, oh, yeah. We forgot about last Christmas. So la Midway was number one. <laughs> last Christmas. <laughs> Midway was number one. Uh, Doctor Sleep was number two. Playing with Fire was three with 12 million. Last Christmas was four with 11. Terminator was number five with All 10. Right, well. And then Joker, after months, <laughs> is still number six with okay, 9. Okay, so it's 2. still in the top 10. Yeah, I thought it was still 10. in the top five. It just dropped out of the top five. Still, you know, part of the noise. Correct. There just was no. Nobody was talking about Doctor Sleep until. No. Like it's Rotten Tomatoes we, score is good, but I do think is. unless you have that early premiere and that word of mouth. And we also talked about this before. While I thought the trailers were bad, too, they didn't do a good job. There are a lot of people who didn't know this even connected to The Shining. Yeah, I mean, even the book, right? which I, I don't know numbers, but I'd have to assume is one of the like lower ones of people who have read Stephen King's books. It, uh, it's a, it's a not called The known, Shining 2 right. or Doctor Sleep, A Shining Story. I think the, the the newer poster that has... I don't think it should be. I don't think it should be. <laughs> but I think the newer poster that has um, Danny on his bike rolling through the over, Overlook Hotel in red, all red, that would have been a better promo because you're like, oh, 
that looks like the shiny. You would have connected it more, whereas I don't think they've done they they. Well, really and I and that. I think too the timing might be a little off. I think a lot of these remakes and sequels and adaptations do well when kind of to the point of the show they're doing something that reflects what's going on. What we talked about last week was like, well, Terminator is hard to do now because we're just not Technology as technophobic is, as right. we used to be. There's really no reason to have this movie right now that it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't speak it's to anything new. Anyone? It's, not, it's it, this movie exists solely to kind of like remember this good time. Let's go back to this. Good yeah, time. this is very much a movie that I did walk out of and was like, man, what a well-made movie. And the, and there's nothing wrong no. with just being a well-crafted good time at the movies right which means it but that also kind of you get into theater worthiness does that mean when it shows up on hbo max we that's all, what warner brothers would be i think that's the other thing the studios have to take into account like there are people who are kind of going to be like i could just wait till this gets home i can watch this at the crib i don't need to be in a theater to watch this um well, you know, i don't they, agree necessarily with this film but i but if i'm if I don't have a list and I have a family or if I'm going to deciding I can only see one movie every three months, this wouldn't have been on there. Right. Yeah. And you, you are getting to a place where things that 10 years ago would have been incredibly theater worthy, like The Irishman, right. aren't, aren't even messing around with it and just going, mm-hmm. it's going, a three and a half hour it. long movie. Watch that at your yeah. leisure on Netflix. Like, yeah. So we are getting into that space now of... You know, why do people go to the movie theaters and like what are they getting out of the experience and does this experience fit that? Right. Or will they watch it at home and still enjoy it? And it's a weird thing to juggle. Like it'll be kind of interesting if this movie does get this second set of legs. You see this every now and then. We were just talking about it at a party last night that things like Netflix and HBO Max and Disney Plus and the I know the list goes on forever now, but All you of them, get yeah. these weird little movies now that suddenly everyone's talking about on Twitter that didn't make any money, but it's they, they the only thing being streamed stream, yeah. because it isn't about low awareness or low interest. It's about, is this movie worth $25 to go see? Correct. Um, and when you start putting when you start putting a price tag on it, you're thinking about people, what they're spending their money on or, or what they choose to spend their money on. There are a lot of... If I didn't have a list and I'm choosing, I probably would have only seen like five films in the last six months. It's wild to me that we now live in a time where a 4K Blu-ray is cost me about $20 less (laughs) than a AAA video game. Yeah. That's bizarre. It's nuts. And it really makes me mad at like video game people because they're like $60 for Call of Duty. And I'm like, motherfucker, the stand next to it is Spider-Man for 40. Right. (laughs) You pay 35 for that. (laughs) This is going to last you weeks yeah yeah uh <clears throat> but who knows i mean it was a good movie what more do you want it was a good movie and I, and I think we have to get into the mindset now with the way the streaming is working good movies don't if you like it if you enjoy it if you like it if it's art to you if you think it's great also it does not have to make what did midway make 16 17 million? 17 well that's so nothing cracked at 20 correct. million this weekend it was midway at 17 this uh this one at uh, 14 and uh last Playing christmas fires at 12 Playing with fire at 12 and, and uh, uh last christmas at 11 so nothing broke 20 okay so nothing's doing great no. right now we're just having a we're weekend where people are like okay we all like, saw uh, joker yeah next week is ford versus ferrari and that's what we're waiting and on that, and yeah, then frozen and, too and like that's that's when we'll get back into going we're yeah not and going then now. it's jumanji star right. wars black christmas and i think and, that might be it too a lot of people are looking ahead and saying 
I'm saving my dollars for that that week when I get hit with Jumanji and Star Wars back to back. When I, I would be very interested in a survey of like, if you know a movie is two months away, would you go to something else? One month? This, right. Because that was the big, um, the fourth Hunger Games movie that didn't do well. Mm-hmm. And Lionsgate came out and was like, you know, we released it in November or did October maybe. And we were just too close to Star Wars. And it's like, well, if that's too close. What? Yeah. Well, I think it's a matter of like, you gotta think about, like, if you're a parent and you say, I, I can only hire my babysitter once a while or once every two weeks, I, and I wanna spend it on Jumanji, well, you'd probably take your kid for Jumanji, but if you wanna spend it on something, you're not gonna probably just get your babysitter to go see Dr. Sleep. You're like, I'm not wasting it on this, because I can't take my kid to see this, but I'm not gonna spend a babysitter to watch this. But if Joker came, I'll, sp- I'll get a babysitter for that. And I think that. When you start looking ahead and seeing what's coming out in the future, you're kind of like, uh, I'm balancing it on what I have to do also with the rest of my life. This isn't worth it. Yeah. And, and I think and that's... I think you're getting longer and longer as to what people are looking at ahead as to how they decide. Because streaming has made... This is going to be on in, in on Netflix in like three months. Or like not even three months. In 60 days, this is going to be on one of the streaming devices. You'll be able to find this at your career. Yeah. I don't need to pay for a babysitter. Spend more actually on the babysitter to go out that night than just getting the video on and look, a streaming device. I love going to the movie theater. I enjoy it. But we saw The Irishman together, and that woman next to me who was singing along Did to not every need song to be in a theater watching and was film. flailing her hands at every sound of violence. And all I was thinking was, I could have waited a week and pressed play, and nobody and would have been in my She apartment. would not have been around me at all. Oh my God. She was, yes. Those, and it's. It's situations like that when I'm like, sometimes you're alone in a Martin Scorsese movie and you're freaked out by that. You know what? It doesn't matter. You're at a Scorsese film where you know there's going to be violence. And not just time your hands, hands are, are up, up, like you're on a you're roller coaster, making noises. I'm like, woman, what is wrong with you? And that it is stuff like that. You're like, I would just rather watch this at the crib. Or now I've noticed more and more people try to cut the commercials, and so like I'm like ready to start my movie, and now everyone's coming in. You and get I'm a like, no, massive no. rush of no, people. no, no, no. Yeah. You come in, so yeah. it's getting like. Yeah, the you know, theater actual theater experience is also changing. All of that, all of that weighs in. Yeah, I mean, you know, we still go to arcades. We still buy vinyls, right? Oh, it's not like it'll completely die, right? We they're they're there. Oh. All right, that's our show, guys. You can leave us a review on iTunes. You can follow us on Facebook.com/slash group/slash Hollywood Already Did It and Twitter at Hollywood ADI. We will see you next week. Later.